0: Was it just a few years ago we longed for newspapers' share of the automobile business? And then along came the internet? Nielsen is still up for sale, and they're really kind of at an awkward time in a lot of ways. We'll talk about that. And a hundred years ago, the lesson remains the same. So good morning. Welcome to Media Insultant. I'm Jackson Weaver from Seattle, and my co-host Keith Samuels is right next door in Southern California. And we do this each Tuesday and Friday. We get together, talk about our ideas about what's going on radio, TV, a little bit digital, a little bit print, but we're really focused on the guys who are on the streets. So we welcome you to today's episode. As I said, we do it each Tuesday and Friday. And today we'd like to welcome you to the May 27th episode of Media Insultant. You know, Keith, the, the falling stock market and Elon Musk's uh, attempt to reprice his purchase of Twitter reminded me of a radio station owner almost 100 years ago who got caught in a similar downdraft in the 20s. And It's really an interesting story. You know, the legendary KJR here in Seattle. And KJR in the 20s was owned by a whole variety of different uh, people, including a guy in the late 20s whose name was... Alfred Linden. And Alfred Linden during the Mm. 20s was the owner you want. He just spent like crazy on KJR. At one point, there were 300 people on the payroll for one radio station. He had orchestras. They were, of course, unionized. He had studios. He was doing all kinds of promotions. He was spending a fortune. But the problem was the money that he was spending on KJR was skimmed from a savings and loan company that he happened to own well as always happens ultimately this stuff grinds to a halt and it did when the puget sound savings and loan association filed for bankruptcy the golden cow that had been feeding kjr suddenly becomes the golden turd if you will And he wasn't paying musicians. He wasn't paying salespeople. It just the whole thing. People were repossessing pianos, and that was a time when you had a lot of pianos at at a a radio station. Sounds like Ed. This sounds like Ed Stoltz. Pretty close, but here's the deal. He solved his problem. He found a buyer for KJR. Twentieth Century Fox was going to buy KJR and set him up free. He would be clear of any debts. He'd be able to pay off what he'd stolen from the uh, savings and loan, be able to pay all of his payroll, back wages, et cetera. He'd be fine. So he puts this deal together and thinks, okay, this is great. And with his wife and kids, he leaves on a trip to the East Coast, a casual journey through America, stopping here and stopping there, sightseeing, enjoying the fact that he doesn't have to worry about his radio station anymore, because 20th Century Fox is going to buy it. And he shows up in New York City when? Three days after the stock market crash of 1929. And 20th Century Fox said, yeah, we don't think so. We're out of here. So the the point that I bring that all of this up is, is that... When you do a deal, get the damn thing closed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Easier said than done. And that's, done. The,
0: problem Niel- <laughs> Many that's times. the problem Nielsen is having. Well, I don't know if it's a problem. They, you know, they've, they've been up for sale. I've, I've been describing them as a, a reluctant target. This is Nielsen Research, the company that does so much for radio, TV, and, uh, you know, and, and consumer research. They had a 45-day right. hold period where they could go out and shop the company. That didn't work out very well for him. And so now they're back to, I guess, trying to figure out how to close this deal. But the market has collapsed. I don't know what's happened to, to Nielsen's shares. They probably, from what I've read, they've stayed fairly stable. But you can bet there's going to be some repricing or people are thinking about repricing. What do you think? What's your observation?
1: Well, I don't think that they've um, purposely slowed this down, and I don't think they were uh, doing their end zone dance too soon, um, because the forty-five day hold, which is really a go shop period, as right. I read, that you know you, they got the offer from Evergreen, Coast Capital, Brookfield Business Partners, and they're going to take them private. Okay, so um, you know one of the other shareholders, major shareholders in Nielsen, is going to fight this, but whether or not they have enough votes to override this we have yet to see but they're right on schedule but wasn't what wasn't accounted for or right on schedule was the fact that you know we see this this you know the stock market um you know going down 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 day after day after day so that's that's what's really screwing this thing up potentially is that the repricing that could be caused by this um could occur but you know i haven't read that either they're just trying to get this deal done and um Uh, so, you know, uh, yeah, there were no other offers. And, uh, so I guess Evergreen and Brookfield can, you know, will carry the day at some point. I don't know when the clock runs out, but, uh, on the offers, but I, you know, I, I still think they'll get it done. It's just, it's just, uh, the backdrop is a lot more dramatic than it was three or four
0: months ago. When this whole started, I guess the question also is if you're a local media rep, do you care? Do you care who owns Nielsen? You know, if you're particularly if you're a subscriber,
1: no. No. No, I don't. I just want I just want good data. I want uh, I want a, a good uh, panel of, of uh, you know respondents, either with PPM or diary, and and uh, and I get my data on time. You know, I've got a lot of revenue riding on the on my numbers, so yeah. Well, and
0: then that I don't then, care, and it, and it is then incumbent upon the new buyers to put a lot of money back into Nielsen to refurbish their reputation, to you know figure out if they how they can get a more accurate database. Because they've Nielsen has been behind the curve on this, and I don't think intentionally. I think you know they just, you know, they got whacked when digital came along and said we can tell you exactly who's listening, who's watching, yeah. who's clicking on that ad, and so Nielsen got behind the curve, and they're going to have to spend some money to get them back up to curve. All right, uh, auto dealers, as you and I talk about with our auto expert Ed Steenman, are spending more money, but boy, not nearly what they used to. You know they spent right. uh, eight billion, a little over eight billion dollars last year, but they had spent almost ten billion in nineteen or in twenty sixteen. So the mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. dollars that they're spending has gone down, and last year, even though it went up, we all know the supply chain issue really changed the way they advertised and the amount of money they spent. And Keith, who had the biggest share of auto ad dollars last year, not newspapers. Well, let me guess, not. Not, Not newspapers.
1: No, no, nope. 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 The uh, it was the yep. internet, that interweb thing, web two point Over sixty three percent of 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 uh, of ad dollars spent by automobile dealerships went to the internet, which is just crazy. It's like the reverse of what it was when you and I were roaming the earth as local salespeople. Because I think it was probably even more than sixty three percent went to the newspapers. And now the newspapers only get 4.5% of auto. I mean, you know, when's the last time you saw an ad for an auto dealer? In the oh, newspaper? when's the
0: last time you saw a Remember newspaper? You still- That's the question. When was the last yeah, time today. you saw a newspaper?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's not a lot of automotive in the, in the Wall Street Journal. But occasionally the big, you know, there's factory money that gets spent. But direct mail, 8.2%. Radio, 10%. TV, 12.5%. I mean, these numbers are microscopic compared to 20 years ago. I mean I think it's been one of the death knells for newspapers for print newspapers anyway and now digital now are they buying digital are they buying digital from newspapers a little but not a lot there's so many more digital offerings targeting auto dealers to spend money on that it's 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 you know it's just it just crushed traditional media in terms of getting any, any, uh, any, you know, any growth. All right. So
0: if you're a local radio TV rep, we keep coming back to that. You know, what, what's your best strategy? Is Ed Steenman's strategy the the best strategy? Keep it local, keep it connected.
1: Well, it used to be throwing in free remotes, you know, hot dogs and balloons and uh, occasional ticket giveaways and the prize wheel. Remember the prize wheel? You know, we'd spin the prize wheel at remotes. Are, Are people still doing that? I hope not. Uh, and then it became endorsements, right? You know, let's put, let's put Petros Papadakis at KLAC here in LA in a, in a Chevy Silverado pickup truck and we'll get a big budget. Oh, wait, they're still doing that uh, and, and getting some budget. I don't know if they're getting what they used to, but, uh, you know, so there's still tactics that they can do, you know, using personalities as influencers. But I think Ed's point is, is that bring me those things that digital could never do, Bring me those things that over-the-top, OTT television could never do, the streaming services can't do. And that's get me tied into the community through, you know, cause marketing, event marketing, and those kinds of things. And and I'll spend money with you.
0: You know, I've, there's a company I've worked with that I really like, too. I think that's really important. Uh, the, we've talked often about digital integration with radio. And a company by the name uh, that I worked with called Second Street Lab has now been acquired by a company called Upland Resources, which I think sounds like a coal company, but what the, what do I know? But they have a great annual programs that integrate the radio station with the digital platform. They do templates and they do all the support behind it, things like March Madness and and contesting and things like that. So the radio stations don't have to go out and invent it. And it's really a good resource, and that's a good way to continue to nibble away a little at the edge of the internet dollars, because it's never going to come back the way it was. But you can nibble at it by integrating that with your radio program or with your television program. They've been they've been quite successful. So,
1: well, and I think and I, and I think that cross promotional opportunity with something like that makes makes a lot of sense too. Is that you could and promote a dealer's involvement or sponsorship of that on the air. And that's basically the town square uh, media uh, template that we talk about, which is selling the shit out of digital to these local advertisers who aren't as sophisticated enough to do it or are tired of doing it on their own and and need help doing it. And you've got local radio also to, there to promote it and, and to back it up with with uh, with over the air uh, uh, spots, with uh, events, with uh, promotions, with uh, causes, you know, and, and fundraising and those kinds of things. And it's a nice, uh, uh, you know, f- I'm sorry. It's a fully integrated marketing solution. Did, did I, did I, did I sell that? Not? We're doing fully, fully integrated. But that integration is something that that the over the air folks can do. If you're just digital, you're not doing any That's integration. Right. You're mm-hmm. just selling digital and and and, and programmatic probably. At, at, you know more often than not. So yeah, this this becomes uh, a way to really uh, be creative and. Uh, um, but still, you're still fighting against this buying, this bias among the buyers that they, they've got to put all this stuff into digital and the clients are requiring it too. You know, they're just saying, you know, we we, we got to do more streaming. we got to do more podcasts. We got to do more digital video. You know, uh, are we doing all that? Are we doing all that? It, yeah. But, but what about our radio bot? Uh, yeah, whatever. Take care of that. You know, I know you can do that.
0: Well, I think at the end of the day, you're absolutely right, but Uh, You know, the the clients still like that local connection and like being involved with something that's local, and particularly if you've got a personality, radio or TV, you know. And, you know, TV tends to dislike having their talent do anything like that, but they're softening up a lot on that because, hey, you got to get the money. Okay, Uh, there's a new DOS in town in Denver, (laughs) and he comes by way of a – Peculiar journey. What what's the story here, Keith?
1: Yeah, yeah. This is the uh, the mysterious journey of Victor Giacomelli. and Victor was was uh, was uh, celebrating on LinkedIn late last week about his new DOS gig, director of sales. That's overseeing all of sales for the the Odyssey former Entercom cluster in Denver, Colorado. And this got me thinking a couple of things. One is that name sounds familiar. Now, I don't know Victor, but that name sounds familiar. I looked it up, and Victor is one of three client testimonial people on the website for my old consulting firm, the Center for Sales Strategy. Eric Hellum from Town Square is one, and a gal who's head of uh, Tegna ad sales for the, te- the television group for Tegna. Big VP there. And and then Victor. Well, Victor used to be the DOS for the, MS, the two MS stations, in New York City, and he got that job after he was—he grew up in the radio business at Chorus in Toronto, and he was in another group. But I think he was at Bell in Toronto as well. But Victor had a long career at Chorus, which is a big national radio group in Canada. Okay, so he's in Toronto, and then he gets a job at Emmis Well, what's common about Emmis and Chorus? They're both consulted by CSS and had been for decades, and in fact. Victor was an old drinking buddy of the CSS consultant on the on the account, the late, great Bob Allison, and Bob said this guy was pretty good, he was pretty talented, and I'll take Bob's word for it, may he rest in peace, Bob, that is, I miss him desperately. So so Victor works at Chorus, he's a CSS client, he gets a job at Emis, which is also a CSS client, and, and then he goes back to Toronto, and he's been back in Toronto, Toronto for a couple of years. Consulting, and then working for another digital company up there. And I thought, how does this happen? How, what brought him off the beach, technically, or off the the shores of uh, Lake Erie, to to go to Denver? He's never worked a job west of the Hudson River. Uh, and I think this has got this has got you know CSS fingerprints all over it. You know, it's like, hey, you want a DOS gig? I got one for you. So, you know, Micah Goldberg, who's the general manager, market manager for Odyssey Denver, he spent most of his career in Denver and working for Entercom. now Odyssey, and now he's the market manager. And this is his first big hire after getting promoted a few months ago. And how would this guy know Victor? I, I see no connection on how this guy knew Victor. So this was a, there's, a, there's some matchmakers behind the scenes that put this deal together and I suspect that it's probably my old pals at CSS. So congratulations, you guys! You got one. You 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 dug back into the talent bank, and you got Victor a new gig. And what what happens is is that Victor will bring in the CSS systems and probably a consultant or three, and that grows the firm a little bit more. So
0: that, that I think that's I think that's probably what happened. Good deal. All right. That that covers that base and you know there's always you you're, there's always an interesting story there's always story. a story always a story <laughs> well radio and tv media sales and management's our focus here and boy we always love your feedback Jackson at InTown Media Keith we've we've run out of time again but we drop a new show each uh, tuesday and friday and uh, next monday or next tuesday is no next monday is memorial day so we'll probably right. knock out some kind of a fun Memorial Day show of all the stuff we haven't talked about that we wanted to talk about but never had the chance to. So that'll be kind of a fun show to do next week. Uh, the video that you are seeing right now is available on Vimeo under the Media Insultant Showcase. And of course, podcasts are available at any podcast platform. Just look for the Media Insultant. So we're a production of In Town Media and we're out of here. Keith. Have a great weekend. I will see you next week.
1: Uh, yes, it's Memorial Day weekend, Indy 500. You know, we got it all going. Have a great weekend, Jackson. See you next week.